Hey everybody, welcome back to Investing with Wesley. In today's episode, I wanna to talk to you about the US debt. This is because in recent history with all the money printing as well as the excess spending year after year, is the US concerned about it being way over leveraged in debt and although there's not much you personally can do about it, I wanna talk about some things that you can expect to happen over the next few years, that way you're not completely blindsided with it. So with all of that being said, let's get into it. Now you would think with the US having just under $30 trillion worth of debt, that we would start to be feeling the effects of being way over leveraged. And the truth is we are, but the truth is the US is not concerned whatsoever with what number shows up on how much debt they owe. And this is because of the extremely low interest rates that the US is actually paying towards these debts. Now the short answer to why the US's multi-trillion dollar debt doesn't matter is that it all comes down to the GDP, the gross domestic product produced by the United States. This is basically our economy and how much resources, goods, and services we are selling to generate a profit. As long as the GDP continues to rise, the US has zero concerns about possibly defaulting on their debt, especially when the government bond coupon prices are anywhere from zero to 1%. We're talking extremely low interest rate that the US government is paying on all their debts. Now, like I said, that's the short answer. The real answer is much longer, and that's because the US government and the Federal Reserve are experimenting with a brand new monetary policy. Now in olden times, the US government would issue bonds to raise money or to carry their debt. Now these bonds would be issued and bought by either the Federal Reserve, other businesses and banks, yourself, or even foreign investors. The US government would pay interest on those debts, and then after a specified period of time, like all bonds work, they would pay off those debts in full. But then when we switched off the gold standard and introduced the Federal Reserve, this became borrowing money and issuing debts way easier and way better for the United States government. And this is due to inflation. The Federal Reserve tries to keep inflation at 2%, meaning every year, year on year, the US dollar gets 2% a little bit less valuable. Or another way to look at inflation is that it takes 2% more every year to buy the same amount of goods you would have bought the year prior. So why is inflation good for the United States debt? Well, just like I said, inflation is the act of devaluing the dollar in the future. So if you take on loads of debt right now to support all the spending you're doing, and then just pay the interest and carry those debts as long as you can into the future, because there's more and more money printing going on and more and more inflation, meaning more and more dollars hitting the market, there'll be that much more dollars to pay for the loan that you took out many, many years ago. So like I said, long-term, the Fed tries to keep inflation anywhere from two to three percent and if the US government is offering bonds at less than one percent then that means actually if they hold those bonds long term and hold those debts long term only paying the interest they're actually coming out ahead on that debt because when they pay you back in full in the future you'll still see the same dollar amount that you invested in those bonds with but unfortunately that dollar amount has actually gotten less valuable than when you initially gave it to the US government basically what I mean by this is that the longer the US holds on to their debt when they have to pay that debt back it'll actually be easier to pay back in the future because they'll be so much more dollars printed by then. A quick example of this is something I'll put up on the screen, and that is basically a compound interest calculator calculated with negative interest rates. Remember, inflation is anywhere from two to three percent long term, and the US government issues about a 1% interest rate on their bonds. So the difference between plus one and negative three is negative two. So if you do a compound interest calculator at an interest rate of negative 2%, then you'll see just how much the value of the dollar crumbles over time. 
In this example that I've put on screen, we started with $100,000 getting a negative 2% interest rate over the course of 50 years. And you'll see at the very end of the 50 years, the amount of money you'll have left or the amount of value you'll have left in that account is just shy of $37,000. So just by the US government inflating their debt away long term, they've dropped off more than two thirds of the amount of debt that they owed. But like I said, that's the old way of doing things. There is a new monetary experiment being conducted as we speak with all the printing of money and all the stimulus checks being printed out right now. And that is that the Federal Reserve is monetizing the U.S.'s debt. Now, what this means is that when the U.S. government issues those stimulus checks that everybody loves, the Federal Reserve is actually monetizing that debt by printing new money to buy those bonds. Now, at a small scale, this wouldn't really be an issue. But because we're talking an entire government and an entire banking system, we're also talking about the possibility of extreme hyperinflation. Now, what do I mean that the Federal Reserve is monetizing the US government debt? Well, basically how it works is that as the government issues those stimulus checks to businesses and individuals, the Federal Reserve in turn is printing and creating brand new dollars to buy that government's new debt. Now, whenever the Federal Reserve prints and creates a lot of dollars all at once, this has no other option but to create inflation. Now, like I said, inflation is great for the US and their debt, but unfortunately, inflation is terrible for us, the consumer and the individual. You see, when inflation happens, the price of everything skyrockets, and you could see it happening right now, even today, with the price of lumber, steel, agriculture, oil, you name it, everything around us is increasing in price due to this inflation and the money printing going on with the Fed rate. So although the creation of inflation is great for long-term getting rid of the US's debt, it does terrible things to our pocketbook because everything else gets extremely expensive. And remember, just because the price of everything increases doesn't mean the profit margins for those businesses selling those items increases along with it. Now, due to the coronavirus, a lot of people got put out of work. So a lot of businesses are in need for the help now that things are reopening again. But the issue is these businesses aren't making any money because the entire economy has been shut down for a while. So because they're making hardly any money, they will probably not increase the amount they're paying their employees. So as employees get paid the exact same before the pandemic as they do now, although now the money is worth just a little bit less due to inflation, you can see why people are in desperate need for all the help that they need right now. And this is again where the US government steps in and this is the second half to that monetary experiment I talked to you about earlier. Because of inflation, everyone continuously needs just a little bit more money to make ends meet and to buy the same lifestyle that they've been used to. So the government has gotten into the habit of printing more and more stimulus checks to give it to the people. But like we just talked about, as they issue more and more stimulus checks, the Federal Reserve has to create and print more and more money to monetize that debt. Thus is the new monetary policy experiment that they're trying out right now. The thought process behind this is that as long as the US debt is held by the US itself or by the Federal Reserve, then there's really never any threat of defaulting because as the US needs more and more money to pay for all their excess debts, the Federal Reserve will just keep printing it. So even though way in the future, the Federal Reserve will have trillions of dollars worth of bonds and them carrying all that debt, they'll just keep printing more and more money and giving it to the US government to pay for all the interest and the debt that they need to pay back to the Federal Reserve. This is where the risk of hyperinflation comes in. You have a government entity and our banking entity just basically paying each other back with fake monopoly money. 
All the meanwhile, the value of the US dollar is being drained due to all the excess money printing going on. So because I don't wanna make this a really long video, I'm going to wrap it up here and give you a summary of everything I've talked about today. In the past, the US government was never worried about their debt because the GDP and inflation basically took care of it. So it didn't matter how much debt they had because all of the increases was being taken care of. In recent history, because the GDP has remained stagnant due to this pandemic and everything being shut down, the Federal Reserve stepped in and tried a new monetary policy experiment. And this is where basically they monetized the US government's debt. But the problem with monetizing the US government's debt is that it is a one-way ticket to hyperinflation. Now remember, the US doesn't care about inflation because it helps them with their debt burden. But regular inflation as well as hyperinflation is terrible for you and your cost of living. So if you've understand everything I've said so far, then the biggest warning I have for you right now is to do whatever you can to fight this inflation. Don't put your money in anything that's not beating inflation. So get rid of money market accounts, get rid of your CDs, get rid of all those things because yes, they're safe and they're guaranteed, but they're not going up at the pace of inflation and we will soon see the effects of hyperinflation. Really, when it comes to this kind of economic policy, there's only two ways to beat it. One of them is more safe than the other. The first one is commodities. As the value of everything else goes up, the commodity prices of everything goes up as well. As an example, if you held onto gold, silver, or even crude oil, you would know the price of crude oil has gone up because people need oil and the value of the US dollar to buy that oil has gone down, therefore the price has gone up. And two is in investing in the stock market, specifically in a diversified portfolio where a lot of your money is also out of the United States in other countries' economies. But you have to remember back in 2008, that was called the global financial crisis. And that is because a lot of other countries follow suit with how they do their monetary policies in conjunction with how the US does theirs. So although you could remain safe and see a lot of growth in these inflationary times if you invested in the US stock market or even other countries stock market. Really the only safe way to beat this inflation bubble that's coming is to invest in real tangible things like commodities. Gold, silver, crude oil, agriculture, things of that sort. Because even in an era of global depression, Gold will still be valuable, silver will still be valuable, and crude oil will still be valuable. So these things are considered storeholds of wealth. Now you'll know from previous episodes that I also consider Bitcoin a commodity in that it is a storehold of value because it is deflationary by nature and not inflationary. However, Bitcoin is still pretty new and we really haven't seen that much of a downturn or really haven't seen a giant inflationary spike since Bitcoin's been around. But because it has all the same check marks as any other commodity, it could very well do just fine in inflationary periods to protect and store your wealth. I hope you got value from this video today. If you did, please remember to like and subscribe because it really helps the YouTube algorithm get this channel out there. I also have a dedicated Facebook and Instagram account. So if you ever had a question, comment, or just wanted something addressed, feel free to reach me there just because it's a lot easier to message people back and forth and keep track of the conversations I'm having rather than commenting and replying to everyone here in the YouTube comments section. Either way though, the choice is yours and I'll see you in the next episode.